0: Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 8, Into Exile. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. You can find Episode 1 of Season 1 easily at 15minutesontheway.com. Otherwise, if you're already on the way with us, welcome back. I've missed you, friend. Here is today's story. In last week's episode, what at first looked to be a peaceful renewal under Gedaliah is ruined by Ishmael, who has selfish designs on the land and vineyards left behind by those taken into exile in Babylon. The peasants who were not worth Babylon's effort to carry over there now inhabit the farms and vineyards left behind. Well, Ishmael ruins everything and this may have some parallel in your life. You may have been living merrily along yourself and then had some kind of alarming development that similarly knocked you for a loop and pulled the rug right out from under you. The remnant of people left in Judah set a great example of seeking me out and asking for our guidance. Then, of course, their example flips from being something to emulate to something to avoid. When we give them direction, they don't listen to us, and they forge ahead into the ways of the world around them, underscored by their ending up in the thrall of Egyptian gods again. So yes, seek us out. We'll say it again because it bears repeating, because it's your nature to slip away from the core of importance. Your heart is always in motion." you're either moving toward me or away from me. That's why you've got to continually seek us out. Speak your mind to us in prayer. Search the owner's manual for a word from us. Process things with someone who is maturely on the way. It may take some time before the path forward is made clear perhaps more, but sometimes less than the ten days the people waited for our word from Jeremiah regarding should they stay or should they go. When that word comes to you, though, listen well and step out in faithful obedience reliance upon it. Sometimes that word will be like the one Jeremiah issues in this instance. Stay put. Bloom where you're planted. The soil might be hard and full of weeds right now, but time will ripen and change things. We will change things. We tell the people this is an opportunity to stay right where they are, to start over and begin again right here in place, and that we will be with them and keep their enemy away. Now, granted, there have been times in the past when we said it was time for them to move on and begin again in a new place. Just because we said and led in that direction in the past doesn't mean that's the only option. Now is not that time. Now is the right time to stay in the right place, even though the time seems uncertain. After all, The promised land is still the right place. You may be in the right place as well, and just going through an uncertain time that requires some extra work and effort, some building of character instead of planning escape. Your habitat is replete with escape tactics, be they physical or emotional. You have got the pathway of a tactic or two well worn into your psyche as well. Some of you move every few years so that the hard work of really settling into a place and a life never has to be done. That way the feeling of freshness never wears off. But you miss the grace of deep living in a community. Of sowing your gifts in the lives around you with whom you're just hitting your stride when you pull up roots again, just when those relationships are ripening to fruit bearing stages. Some of you marry every few years for pretty much the same reasons. You've bought into your habitat's definition of romance always being easy. Thus, When the time comes to turn the page in your life together to a new chapter where physical attraction is no longer in the driver's seat, when it's time for the hard work of knowing each other, flaws and all, and of loving each other through to a discovery of your complementary differences, not as grounds for divorce, but for growth, you choose the easy way out and walk away. The same drop-and-leave pattern can be true for any number of things. Jobs, friendships, houses or apartments, pets, hobbies. Your attention spans have become so shortened and your definition of that which is meaningful so distorted that when you are no longer discovering new and exciting things about a person or activity, you are bored and ready to discard them to find a new replacement in search of the buzz of the first levels. Only we are talking about life, not a video game. It's about control and pride in the end, isn't it? As long as you're in the new phase of something, you're still in the thrill of the consumer stage. Life is not so much about growth and maturity, but about getting what you like and prefer about making choices that satisfy your desires better than the last place or person did. And, of course, there is an even deeper, even more spiritual level to this. Johanan and the local remnant aren't simply choosing between old and new. They are choosing between my will and the ways of the world. Understand that I am not making a case here for never moving on. I am saying you should stop choosing the path of least resistance simply because of its apparent ease and without consideration of larger factors, namely, my will and the way. Fleeing to a neighbor nation instead of me for help and security is not the answer for Israel. Fleeing to the world instead of me for help and security is not the answer for you. They think Pharaoh and his gods will provide a bounty of life for them and protect them from the enemy they are certain will pursue them. You think the same thing about your neighbor's ways and gods. You may not be running into the arms of the world to escape an enemy so well defined as Nebuchadnezzar, but you are pursuing security nonetheless from any number of present or perceived enemies. Death, of course, is the major enemy from which many of you run. Let me tell you, I am the one who is going to handle that one for you, friend. Not your trainer, your workouts, your long-distance runs, your Zumba, your anti-aging cream, your cosmetic surgery, your adventurous vacations, whatever. Once again. I am not saying that these things are intrinsically bad by any means. Well, most of them aren't. But I am saying that you can turn any one of these things that are intended to be a gift from me into an idol that you worship instead of me in order to outrun the enemy of death, or rather to attempt to outrun it. Living a longer life is great. It can mean your being a responsible steward of the life I have given you. It can also mean your worshiping image, youth, and health instead of me. And God forbid, and I don't in this instance, God forbid you be overtaken by the great enemy of your habitat, the nemesis against which so much time and effort and money and resource and life are thrown to keep at bay. Run! Run for your life! Run from your fearsome foe, boredom! Here's where the world customizes your idol for you. You may be running from boredom into the arms of work. You derive your identity from what you do, instead of from me, from my having made you in my image and all. You pour yourself into your work with reckless abandon. In that recklessness, you bring increasing harm to those in your life for whom your identity is not doctor, lawyer, farmer, editor, fill-in-the-blank, but instead your identity to them is husband, dad, brother, son, or friend. Conversely, you may perceive work as the face of boredom your ultimate enemy, And so you run from it into the arms of the idol of leisure. And just as Israel's neighbors had all flavors of fertility idols, your habitat's leisure idols are legion. That's right, the leisure legion. Here's where so many of you pour your life away. Now, I have firmly made a case for rest and relaxation. We have been through the need for Sabbath and renewal, people, and you know that's not what I am talking about here. The activities most of you choose for leisure do not fall into the category of renewal, but rather into the category of sucking and draining the life out of you. Most of those involve watching someone else's life instead of living your own, using leisure as your escape idol. You spend hours watching your chosen escape tool. If for ten minutes of each of those hours you were reaching out in actual human relationship to someone around you, with a call, a note, a cup of coffee together, both your lives would be far richer. You can still find out how the season ends eventually, but it doesn't have to be today. Of course, there are more nefarious idols that beckon to relieve your boredom. You know them all too well, but we've made our point. Escape is not the answer. I am. Remain with us on the way, and there is no enemy that can reach you, ultimately. You want a rich life filled with meaning without a drop of boredom in it? You want to find your identity and know who your truest, noblest self actually is? You want to be sure that your time on earth makes a lasting impact and is remembered well by those who've known you? You want to face the struggles and challenges and yes, even the despair of life, knowing that it does all matter and that you can make it through? You want to keep the final enemy of death at bay? The idols of your habitat are as powerless as Egypt's. Come with us. Because if you stick with idols, you'll meet the same end as all the others that worship them. Nebuchadnezzar or someone very much like him will come and conquer Egypt. Jeremiah 46. And the people who ignore Jeremiah's repeated warnings, who ignore our repeated warnings, will perish alongside their new neighbors. The Abra plan could have ended in that depressingly solemn poetry. The nation formed and incubated in Egypt returns there to die. You know that's not how things end. You wouldn't be listening to this if they did. Sparing you another great discourse at this point, we will say that this moment is yet another example of our moving things forward in spite of the choices made by humans along the way. It's not like we were kidding when we told Johanan and the people with him that we were prepared for them to constitute the remnant with which we'd write the next chapter. Had they remained in the promised land as instructed... Nebuchadnezzar would have passed them by on his way to Egypt, and Johanan and the fresh start we'd have given him and the people would be on your radar. But they didn't, so they're not. And so we will wait. We are good at that, what with a thousand years being like a day to us, Psalm ninety one through 4 We will wait for the exiles in Babylon to finish serving their sentenced term in exile. With regard to them, then, it looks like what's supposed to happen during incarceration, namely the reform of the offender, may actually be underway. An amplified version of being put in the corner as a child and told to think about what you've done the exile is giving them opportunity to think through the chain of events that led to their punishment. And they are going through some cathartic moments of self-awareness over there in Babylon. Psalm 79 is a good example of this. As the writer laments the destruction of Jerusalem, asks us to avenge that destruction, but then also requests our forgiveness for the sins of past generations. If that were the sum of their realization that their ancestors sinned and brought this upon them, they'd have remained in denial about their own responsibility. But it's followed by, Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Psalm 74, 8-10. Explore Psalm 89 as well. Follow their example of being honest with me and with yourself. And you'll be amazed at how far we go together on the way. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to support us, spread the word. Give us a review on iTunes or Facebook. Then share a link to episode one with your friends. We hope our time together today has reminded you that you, friends are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way and be good to yourself.